Everybody and welcome to episode 395 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my mismanaged co-hosts Peter and Jake. That's right, that's right, Kurt. Um, which is really a dig on me more than anything else. Which is really, <laughs> and uh, you know, we haven't we have our other co-host, Little Jay. Little Jay, that's true. We've Lil got JV. we've got two two generations of Townsend. Say something into today. the mic, Little Jay. How does it feel to be? How does it feel to be on the internet this early in your life? <laughs> your um, face is gonna change enough. I'm not gonna blur you. He's he's got the right idea. He's hiding his face from the cameras. The, he's got protect. He must his protect identity. his anonymity. <laughs> oh, you gotta get a little baby version of those flash jackets that celebrities wear. For, so when the paparazzi have it, it oh yeah, it blinds yeah, the yeah. cameras. Should I be like Michael Jackson and just put a put a pillowcase over my kid's head or some shit? What did he do to blanket? He like covered their faces in masks. He, he and dangled. I remember them. he dangled them off of a balcony. Yeah, well, I mean, I already did that. That's you know, that's just <laughs> an Italian um, tradition. It's like right. a, it's like a jackass baptism. Y'all eat seven seven different types of fish on Christmas. I'm willing to believe anything at this point. I can't <laughs> wait. Christmas is gonna come around. It's just gonna be like Kristen and I. We are gonna indulge in some fish. Oh yeah, Christmas fishmas. It's gonna get Such weird. A... <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It's no. So we're we're a ham family. We got Christmas ham. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do turkey, which I think it's just too much because it's it's too soon after Again? Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Two turkey holidays back to back. No, that's that's no. insane. No, we do uh we do a zawa we do a zawa braten. You know, German corned beef. Um, this just slaps and it puts you to sleep right in time for Santa Claus to come by um, and bring you this week's edition of the cast, <laughs> the uh, Vaseline Hands edition of the cast. Um, don't ask me where I was today. I not a fan. I still need to wipe the stains off. I my hope sweater. the stains come out of your sweatshirt. Oh my. <laughs> I just said, don't ask. <laughs> Were you in somebody? <laughs> I, he could have been. Like I, I walked past him and I saw a sweatshirt. And he looks like he, he had just like fought to escape from the inside of a goo monster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it happens. You know, you you bump into happens the, to the best of us. You bump into, uh, you, walk, you open the door, and then you hear that music, and you're like, oh shit, it's a battle, I guess, a random yep. encounter. <laughs> What, dun, dun, what's dun, important dun, is that the dun, test dun, specimens dun. have been fully impregnated and they can rest over the weekend. <laughs> that's good. That is, I mean, that is an accurate that's, accounting. That's I'm sure his, of what uh, happened. Local octopus monster shop earlier and rented himself a couple uh, new new pets. <laughs> it's funny. So our coworker came up to me when I was working on something this afternoon. He's like, "So did your group submit anything for this?" team challenge i'm like absolutely not yeah <laughs> when would i have time to work on any of that <laughs> oh oh boy yeah. and of course we are coming at you once again as always from our lovely favorite country on the face of this earth french idris alba the, the island of idris alba the island of idris Kurt. alba 
uh, off the coast of France, which Saint of course bon Con- Saint Helena Bonham Carter is a European <laughs> ranch that we put on everything. Kurt Bennett, known Francophile. Wait a second. <laughs> All right, I do need to look up French dressing. Well, it, it would it be like Frank's Red Hot and Ranch because that would. I was slap. thinking French and Ranch. Oh, French maybe. dressing and ranch dressing, maybe. I mean, I know. I'm sure it's in one of those Heinz combos, yeah. like the... cranch and. Cranch. Um, it's ketchup and ranch. Mayo it's starred. okay. <laughs> yep, here it is. Franch. Uh, half, half French, half ranch. Here's the, here's the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, what, a recipe. what do you think it is? <laughs> How do you think you put it together? I don't know. One cup French dressing, one cup ranch dressing. <laughs> Wrong. Half cup French dressing, half cup ranch dressing. Oh. I just doubled the recipe for for family gathering. Yeah, you, yeah. You don't you don't want too much. You you don't want too much French. A little goes a long way. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Oh, I I will I will have some of that French. Um, what do you even put it on? You know, I put um. See, that's that's the question I ask with a lot of these. Like, what what does this go on? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I put um, I put mayo and like mustard on sandwiches. Am I making like? Should I just buy? Uh, they do mayo sell that. Sir? Like most most of them, they just they like come out like a weird aioli type thing. Like I've had a few of those. Mm-hmm. I've had the cranch. It was all right. Um, I know that my ex was really into the uh, ketchup and mayo one, which I found to be a, a front to God, but to each their own. Ketchup and Just mayo. a truly repulsive combination, yeah. You know, but I've had I, I unless you're mayo. unless you're a Mormon. I do a lot of I do a lot of condiments on my burgers. Ketchup would be too spicy for the moment. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's uh, considered a hot drink, hot beverage. <laughs> so they... In Utah, yeah, <laughs> has a Scoville warning <laughs> in Salt Lake City supermarket. No, can't they? Don't they have something in their Bible or whatever the whatever place yeah. they they read to um, about uh, about hot drinks? And you can't have. That's why they can't drink like, coffee. Literally above room temperature drinks. Yeah, they can't have something they, like that. The, but they like they thought it was for a while. They were like no caffeine, no. Since we can't have hot coffee or tea, we can't do caffeine. But then somebody's like, "Wait, I need to be able to function in the morning. Could we have Pepsi, but like cut it with milk?" <laughs> and the church was like. I mean, I guess. I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, it's not like they have a lot of hard, fast rules. A lot of the traditions of Mormonism were just John Brown and Brigham Young like deciding that day that they wanted to do something and be like, God spoke to me and said we can do this now. I read him off these gold plates into my hat. <laughs> trust me, bro. Source, trust me, bro. What's also the drink source of God. <laughs> So like if like lemonade, right? Lemonade and Jello, or the and and uh, cr- ketchup mayo, matchup is or fry sauce or the the Mormon foods. What are like the Scientological foods? What's it? What's the food of Scientology? Is it like uh, Fresca? Oh, Fresca. I mean, for I guess sure. that's the joke, right? Uh, yeah. I believe Fresca. They they have a uh, pickle concentrate. 
They they take pickle juice they, and they, they just concentrate. They strike it down me to as a sauce. group that eats a lot of saltines. Hmm. They took the saltine challenge yeah. too seriously. They just they just kept going with it. <laughs> Wait, Jake. I feel I've like showed, that's I've like their communion shots, wafer. Right, I think so. Yeah. L- last time I was home, my family was all about pickle shots. They were. They sell them and they sell them in singles at the at the grocery stores in New York State. In I agree. I agree with the young baby uh, that that is a repulsive idea. Yeah, he says no. <laughs> He says, no, now don't do that again, because I don't want to have to cut through my audacity and mute myself. <laughs> no, he wants it. He, he, he gets said, his own you, dad. <laughs> he gets to make a segue. Is that the oh. segue to Trey Watch? I think it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll interpret that as the segment to Trey Watch. I, I'm going to job laugh. than I might. I'm gonna laugh really hard when I get Jake's audio, and like that didn't come through at all. And we're just talking about nothing. That I'm sure is gonna come through. Uh, it, it is, but I'm gonna mute it. <laughs> Will you stop? You're he's, not even he's, crying. You just like don't want your. He's, pets. he's just trying to talk. He's hanging out. He, but he he doesn't have the the motor control or understanding of language to do so yet. I hope he's tired. Because then he'll go to well, sleep. Well, it is. He is a uh, like a couple of month old baby, and it's eight oh two p.m. Yes, yeah, currently it's bedtime for baby. All right, well let's uh, let's talk about some of these trailers. We only have three of them. Let's talk which about is something that will put him to sleep. Uh, a nice, the nice change of pace. <laughs> Did you the guys what? see this? Um, no, Jake, Jake is gonna be stepping away, but um, we can talk about the meowvels. The I guess. The trailer was doing stroke? so bad. <laughs> The trailer was doing so bad that they decided we're gonna make a version, but we're gonna replace them with cats. The meowvels. And it looks I oh okay there. Okay, I see it. Like that was nine days ago. Okay, so I I didn't look oh, okay. at stuff that was there last week. That's fine. I, I think we all skipped over that one. Um, um yeah, it is literally just some cats green screened into poorly might i add to scenes from the marvel's trailer yeah yeah this is it's like supposed to be like oh funny internet internet um but no the internet's better than this at this point sorry you're behind the times kevin uh kevin feline See, that's about as that's about as good as we're gonna get you put as much effort into that as they did into this trailer i feel yeah um, I didn't say at the box office. Like we'll we'll get to later. Um, I don't know where do we want to start. Let's start with Book of Clarence. Sure, because this was a uh, a teaser we had a while ago that looked kind of interesting. Like they were kind of doing a uh, a retelling of a uh, you know Life of Brian, Jesus Christ Superstar kind of movie. Yeah. Um, this trailer, however. <laughs> <laughs> to, any intrigue I had in this movie is gone now. <laughs> yeah, I um I don't know if this is enough of a catch of a of a um, premise. Still, I mean, like yeah, because there's there's really not a whole lot of interest here now because like the plot has been revealed largely. Um. Lakeith Stanfield's uh, 
character is is trying to hone in on the Jesus craze and mm-hmm. become his own miracle worker and scam people out of money. Right. And he gets caught for doing that by the Romans and refuses to give up the actual Jesus, whom to this point in the trailer has not been established there's any relationship between these two characters. No, he just and not then giving becomes, up a homie. He doesn't, he doesn't snitch. Becomes a gladiator and then... <laughs> Is like be, there's another clip towards the end where he's like being stoned to death, and Jesus just like stops the stones, like he has the fucking force. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's not. I don't think that's how that one went. And they're um, not really going for a comedy angle. Like if I no. just all these scenes I described to you would work fine in a comedy, but this does not appear to be a comedy. No, they they're going or at for least like not the a traditional comedy, of like the Ben Hur movie. Um, these night, these wide panning shots and these these very fancy camera effects, and I just want like I want naked gun level, <laughs> like yeah. I want the cinematography of like um, like a, a SNL movie, right? This is because I mean this is kind of like Life of Brian. It's that it's that same vein. Um, yeah, I, I think it wants to be or or it should have been in that same vein. Um. The Jesus adjacent, um, yeah, vibe, yeah. Um, but it's just trying to ride the line between a lot of uh, good things. I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, too many cooks in my related videos, and I don't know if that is telling me anything about this movie. I don't know. I don't know how many people uh, were in on the. Um, what should we call it uh, on the production of this? Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is in this. Is I think that's I think that's a mistake. I think that's supposed to be James McAvoy, but whoever typed the uh, description fucked up and See, now, picked the wrong I've British seen actor. Some, I've seen some wordplay on Benedict Cumberbatch, but that one takes a cake. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, yeah, I didn't know what to expect, and seeing more of this trailer is. Definitely not making it any better. Uh, so I told you. It's not what I wanted out of it. I, I didn't just, know like, what I wanted, to be honest. I wanted a comedy. I wanted like a a, a light. I want like a Chris satirical Rock, romp. Yeah, comedy about the you know a comedy of errors of the guy who stumbles his way into fame, getting all the fame that Jesus would have had or something. You know. And yeah, like I mean, you could have really easily done. Like, obviously, I don't think you want to, like, copy Life of Brian. That would be kind of, like, transparent. But you could have easily taken a few more cues from that and, you know, some other, you know, movies of, like, people trying to to work a scam in a comedic sense, like a producer's type thing. And you could have had an, an interesting and somewhat novel movie, but instead they decided to, like, like I feel like this movie is going to be very unfocused because the trailer is very unfocused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I think I'm just going to watch Rodel Dorado again. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that, that, that that's, honest, gonna... that's another like template for what this movie perhaps should have been. Uh, I haven't seen it, so I'm not I can't say for sure that it's oh. bad, but you I don't You seen Rodel Dorado? No, no, I've seen Rodel Dorado. Okay. I haven't oh. seen this movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I had the, please, I had the rolled the El Dorado Game Boy game. 
Oh. Like let's let's not pretend like I don't fuck around sure. and I'm not an OG. Um <laughs> Gen Alpha will never understand the pleasure of being in a summer camp on a rainy day and they put on the first half of Road Del Dorado and you've seen it just the first half five times. Uh every because every year at summer camp they start it out and they can never finish it. They only have time for the f- the first half. Gen Alpha and even Gen Gen Z honestly will also never know the struggle of trying to play a Game Boy in the back of a car by streetlight only. <laughs> See, I thought about this from for Joey and I think I'm going to like find a knockoff Game Boy or like buy one of those emulators and then just turn off the backlight. <laughs> You're going to live like we did. Exactly. There's a whole cottage industry for Game Boy accessories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to make sure he he grows up. He has the same hardships as I as I do. So he, you know, he doesn't get too. I want my kid uh, to struggle in the exact same ways I did. Exactly. You know what he will struggle with that we will struggle with? Alzheimer's. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah. That's, Eventually. That's not exactly. I I guess. I guess I thought you were going to this trailer, but I didn't think you would uh, play the Alzheimer's card. I play all Zaheimer's cards. It's memory. It's a uh, a uh, dramedy, I guess, about a uh, woman who uh, goes to AA meetings, uh, who gets followed home from her high school reunion by former classmate who has Alzheimer's or some other form of dementia, mm-hmm. and they. They go on a journey of self-discovery and friendship. And uh, And I'm sure it'll be pretty good for for people who like this kind of movie. As long as it doesn't turn out to be a secret horror movie. Because it does kind of give, like, stalker vibes. Because, like, in the sound design in the beginning of the trailer, I feel is used a lot in the beginning of horror trailers. But um, I really... The, the majority of the content of the movie does not give any inkling that that's going to be, to be the case. Yeah, because then it, it quickly goes from like a suspenseful movie to a just kind of sad, heartwarming movie. Yeah, like a... I don't really have a great comp for it, but it's... I guess like a Silver Linings Playbook kind of thing, where it's a... Uh, there's there's comedy elements to it, but it's a pretty like uh sophisticated and somewhat upsetting subject matter. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to think about it. Yeah, I it's it's not it's not the type of movie that I typically go out of my way to see, but it's a movie that has its place in the uh Yeah. In the world. Um yeah. Uh, a couple things from last week. I don't know if you covered. I sh- I. No, I don't. Care. We don't need to pull stuff from last week. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say like. Well, I mean, there's the Christ- Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths, and that's the- another DC animated thing that two people will watch. <laughs> that's fair. And I mean, and just to make mention, the Karate Kid casting call announcement. <laughs> Do. You- do you want your kid to be the karate kid? Submit their karate video, because I don't want to have to train 
a, a random child actor to do the karate stunts. The only is, thing yeah. I'll say about this that's kind of interesting is it it bridges together the two separate Karate Kid universes by having Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan be in this trailer this yes. announcement together. That is that is going to be weird how they. It's do that. basically the No Way Home of Karate Kid. <laughs> the No No Karate Home. <laughs> like No Way Karate. <laughs> I feel like this is almost the plot to a Karate Kid movie. Like they send out a pitch, like we need our next Karate Champion, and it's the the world contest. And it's just the one kid who lives, you know, he grew up poor, but he is his mentor no, wants him to learn karate so he could get in this movie or whatever. That sounds like its own movie. I'm very interested to see uh, if Jackie Chan will be appearing in whatever the next piece of cobra kai media is <laughs> <laughs> oh wait because they're doing the world tournament right next i mean i feel like they they kind of have to i don't know if that's going to be a movie or another season of the show but oh what if oh do, i mm, you put a i didn't even think of that that the last instead of a last season of karate kid it would just be karate kid movie well i yeah i feel like or cobra kai movie so, so like when we did our review of the last season of Cobra Kai, I mentioned that like that season had about two and a half hours worth of new content, and the rest of it was just recycled ideas to fill up screen time. So I, I, I said then that it might be in their best interest to do the last like arc of the story as a movie rather than a TV series. Uh, but if Jackie Chan does appear in that, I suspect it will be as little more than like a judge for the the yeah. big karate tournament. Just kind of like a he's he's here, guys. Cameo. We we didn't forget we didn't forget that Jackie Chan was in a Karate Kid movie, <laughs> even though many of us would like to forget that that movie exists. <laughs> Jaden Smith included, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's what got him right. his position on After Earth. No, his his last name being Smith and Will Smith being the person who pretty much made that movie happen. Got him. I can't wait for his uh, triumphant return to acting. Which who? Jaden. Jaden. Because that could I'm that could apply to both of them at that point. Two. Yeah. Anytime you're ready, Jaden. Ezra Miller, come on, let's let's put it together. <laughs> um, speaking well, of like Ezra Filler, yeah. got him. Got him. Speaking of um, coming back to the screen, uh, Furiosa movie. Um, yeah, didn't think we'd see another Mad Max movie. It doesn't. But here we are. Look great visually. Um, it it looks a lot like Fury Road. Um, so if you didn't like the aesthetic of that movie, you aren't gonna like the aesthetic of this well the aesthetic is fine it's just that the the effects do not look finished well there's a chance they aren't but also that's that's the current state of the business right now because there aren't enough vfx houses to do things and like the culture of hollywood has changed i was reading an article about this uh the other day which i found to be very interesting kind of enlightening that a lot of the reason special effects quality has dropped off as much as it has is just a change in the culture of Hollywood where 
in days where special effects were a lot more expensive, and they're still expensive, but they were a lot more expensive in like the early 2000s. Uh, mm-hmm. Those shots had to be meticulously pre-planned and worked on for a long time to get them to look right. But the the modern age of filmmaking has created kind of a culture where there's this we'll fix it in post mentality. And so a lot of times, and like there's a great video about uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Okay. And why the effects in that are so bad. And uh, you'll have instances where like the director wants to completely change the the shot and the scene as if it were like an actual scene that was being directed with real actors where you can just kind of reset and go at it from a completely different angle and have the actor do something completely different. But it doesn't really work like that in the visual effects world you, because these things take time to animate and composite and get to look right. And when you change it one, two, three times in the middle of it, you're not going to get a good product because the studio doesn't want to spend the money necessary for those people to be able to finish their work in a quality manner. And there's usually not enough time because these have set release dates before they're even finished, which is dumb. (laughs) How about we finish the movie first, (laughs) then announce a release date? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Finish the things in the order you finish them. But, of course, that's not the way if you want to really uh, squeeze your audience. Um, so I think we're going to just, I, I think we, we have Mad Max Fury Road. So you know what, if this doesn't turn out excellent, whatever. I think it'll be fine. Um, George Miller is, uh, back in the director's chair. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it does. It'll be interesting to see if a Mad Max movie without Max in it, uh, can survive. Uh, Fury Road, Mad Max was kind of a side character in in the movie, which was an interesting choice. Uh, but I think that movie worked well enough because uh, you know Max played a still pivotal role. And honestly, in the first two Mad Max movies, well, I I don't know about. It. At least in The Road Warrior and to a lesser extent Thunderdome, Max is, his character is he's just a wanderer and like broader events in the wasteland happen around him. He just happens to be present to see them. He's kind of yeah. like, like a traveler what in documents an it. Series. Yeah. yeah. Man, I got to see Fury Road. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. I, I self imposed like a. I should watch all the Mad Maxes first before watching Fury Road. But I think um, I feel like more than I watched plenty of movies out of sequence anyways. I would say I would say watch watch the first Mad Max. It's not so like the first Mad Max is a very interesting movie. I when I first watched it, I didn't really like it because it was so different to the image of Mad Max in my head. Like, when I say Mad Max, what kind of imagery do you think of? You think of, like, post-apocalyptic deserts, spiky shoulder pads, that sort of stuff. First Mad Max movie is, like, set at the beginning of the decline of society, 
and it's just filmed in like a slightly rundown part of Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not until you get to Road Warrior where you kind of get to the more classic Mad Max aesthetic. And I think that's the best movie of the original three. I would say watch those two. You could probably skip Thunderdome. And honestly, you're probably better off skipping Thunderdome. It wasn't very good. <laughs> was there, uh, uh, then, was there Waterworld or something like that? That was a Waterworld different... is a completely different movie that is also really bad. <laughs> okay, good. Fun good. fact. Fun... Waterworld was... was Waterworld was the first movie I rented from Netflix uh after signing up in 2010 because I literally liked the Waterworld show at Universal Studios Hollywood and like, well the movie can't be that bad. The show was awesome. And then you I watched know... the movie and I was like, "Oh. Oh no. Oh no. I was wrong." I was you very know wrong. How long I assumed Waterworld was just another Mad Max. That's movie. where all the water went in Mad Max. Because <laughs> <laughs> it has the same exact aesthetic, or at uh, least a very similar aesthetic. I, I don't know other that than, I agree with that. Other than the water, like mm-hmm. it's it's a Mad Max on water. Um, I feel like Unless the aesthetic of Waterworld is a lot more like polished like the technology in Waterworld is more advanced than our modern technology whereas in Mad Max it's like stuff that's been scraped and cobbled together like there's so much shit that extends and like it's like a Transformers transformation sequence that's like 45% of the runtime of Waterworld is just like telescoping arms extending out of ships (laughs) that's like 30 minutes of screen time it's like Well, all right. So Mad Max is not Waterworld. Good to know. Noted. And this is a, and Furiosa is a prequel to Fury Road. I think so. I think. Because on the Taylor, the fact that it's called a Mad Max saga kind of leads me to think that it's takes place after Fury Road. But I honestly don't know. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder maybe they're gonna do something afterwards. Maybe they're setting something up. To where something can happen after Fury Road or, you know, way but, later, but... You're right. Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy, I believe, is... I mean, well, yes, she's younger than uh, Charlie's Theron. Um, and so. I thought the big guy with the skull mask dies or something like that. Oh, Immortan- Immortan Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Does he... Yeah, but he's, he's Immortan. <laughs> How can he he's, die? Also, also one thing to note, Chris Hemsworth. Holy shit, they did a bang up job making him not look like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> they they hemsed his worth in. Yeah, I had to Google who Tom Burke was to to see if that was supposed to be Chris Hemsworth or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean he's got like a he's got like a nose prosthetic on, um, and they slapped on a lot of facial hair. Yeah, let's let's hope this goes better than some of his other uh, outside of the MCU projects. Um, yeah, so Fingers that's crossed. that's actually that's actually Trey Watch. We didn't have a whole lot of trailers. Yeah, that's the so way I we'll like go it. on now to the follow up. Yeah, that's the way I like it too. And we'll follow up on weekend forty seven. There's only five weeks left in in the year. Nuts. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. Covering November 24th through 26th, Thanksgiving uh, weekend, Black Friday weekend, whatever you want to, however you want to view that 
holiday. Mm. Uh, holding on to the top spot from last week is The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snacks, which brought in $29 million, dropping 35% just about uh, from Lionsgate Films. Interesting. I did not know that Lionsgate was the distributor on this. Uh, it's made $193 million worldwide. Um, I, I figure that's probably in the black. I feel like that's a good return. Yeah. Um, opening in second last week is the film we're reviewing this week on the show, uh, Napoleon. 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 Uh, Sands which Dynamite. brought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It ripped the dynamite out of the title and chucked it at at its lead. Yep. Um, Twenty point six million dollars for that one from uh, the. I guess I so it says the distributors Columbia Pictures that I guess that's the theatrical and it was a joint venture yeah. between it and Apple but Apple I think like funded the movie yes that makes sense to me um yeah cuz <laughs> no that is pure speculation I have no, I, I, no evidence I'm guessing it was a so. deal between Columbia and Apple where like Columbia they're both chip in what they felt they think their part of it would make so Columbia gets the theatrical split and Apple gets the streaming split. Well, see, that's that's kind of the funny thing about streaming, right? Is that there's not like a revenue split for that. It's just all cost for Apple because they've they paid to produce the movie and they put it on their streaming service in hopes it will entice people to subscribe to that streaming service. Mm-hmm. There's not really like a direct revenue yeah. correlation. I guess there's there. like an expected value in number of subscriptions. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons we had this huge strike is because no one's really sure how money gets made anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I Hollywood accounting gone to the next stage. It, um, it truly has, because now you don't even get to see like the box office receipts. To know how much money a movie probably made. Yeah. <laughs> we made some sort of cash. Shh, don't tell. We we're fine. Don't ask. Don't don't ask about it. Um, we wish you could tell us how much money you made. Oh. Ow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that was that was a classic Peter, and that it was extremely painful. <laughs> diabolical. <laughs> Um, yeah, Wish, coming in, th- popping out in third. Um, happy 100th, Disney. Uh, <laughs> with your 19, uh, your tw- 31 million gross take, I guess, um, domestic. <laughs> and Peter, just in- read the first number. Huh? 19.6 opening week. Okay. <laughs> It's because it was the it's the Thanksgiving weekend, so they had it over yeah, there. I mean, but um yeah. Nineteen million fifty one fifty two million worldwide. Um what a capstone. Not, not great. Disney. Let's you know, I need to know more about this. We need to put it in our spotlight this week. Yeah. Wish. Um when you Google Wish, uh surprisingly this is the, the second thing that co- Disney movie. <laughs> Surprisingly, this is the second thing that comes up uh, behind you know wish.com. 
uh, and that's really like it really dominates the search. Disney must be really good at SEO. Anyway, uh, critics are kind of beating this movie up a little bit. Fifty percent, forty nine actually on Rotten Tomatoes. Eighty one percent audience score. Uh, the layperson review. Uh, my my boss went to see this with his kids this weekend, and he doesn't harshly criticize a lot of things. And uh, what he had to say about this movie was, and he kind of hesitated to say it too. It was nice. <laughs> I, I can picture him in my head. It's a very soft spoken kind of guy. Um, but he he yeah he does very understand things could, a lot. Could muster. It was nice. It was nice. <laughs> um, I don't know if he was referring to the movie or the experience of going out to the movie with his family. But you uh, know who isn't understated? Our real reviewers. That is certainly true. Never Subtlety once. is not not in their their vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's see if we can figure out uh, some truth behind the 5.9 out of 10 IMDb rating here. Um, we'll look at our real reviewers who have submitted the real reviews for our real review on this very real podcast where we review things. Um, MXPPGW had this review of Wish, which for some reason is Wish parenthetical 2. <laughs> I, I, just, I just noticed that. What is the... I was just, Oh, I was wondering other? if there was an maybe there was an older movie named Wish and like for the IMDb database they have to like parenthetical maybe the two for this one but no but you I would think the twenty twenty three would would account for that so unless there's another movie titled Wish that came out this yep. year it is a it was a Korean movie right 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 I'm sure there's been more than one other movie titled Wish but my my point is that Wish twenty twenty three should be enough to index it as a separate entry. I don't know what this two is about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, may- maybe maybe MXPPGW knows what it's about. Uh, they said this in their 10 out of 10 review. The movie inspired me, despite all the negative reviews. I've seen so many negative reviews about the animation and how it looks less professional. Exclamation mark. I'm betraying this review with my tone. This movie is so inspiring with its amazing music. Seriously, gave me goosebumps. I will be watch. <laughs> I will be watching this movie again. Every sentence ends with an exclamation point. Okay, I recommend watching it, even if you think the animation's a little weird. The diversity is amazing, and the humor is even better. I especially love the character crossovers. Disney continues to inspire me, and I am so happy that I watched the movie. I honestly created hope for my future and the need to help others even stronger. Oh, it honestly created hope for my future and the need to help others even stronger. Still confusing, a little less so. <laughs> so please go out and watch the movie, whether it's in theaters or when it gets on Disney+. Plus. Oh, 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 that ended with a period. <laughs> You won't regret it, exclamation mark. I think they just forgot. Huh. 5 out of 17 found that helpful. <laughs> uh, war- wording spoilers. That was tag spoilers. I don't yeah, know what, got a couple what exactly was spoiler spoiled. Yeah, there, there were a couple that were marked that way but did not include any spoilers. But this one I, was not. So 
Uh, don't worry, all you wish heads out there. Uh, you can listen to this without having to fast forward a couple seconds. One out of ten. I wish I hadn't gone to this movie. But ah, Eric got him. <laughs> Eric R. Stetler. There were a lot of them in the a lot of those kind of in the in the. Yeah, movies. that was that was a very very easy pun to make. Oh yeah. Very low hanging fruit. Honestly, you I'm know, disappointed. Disney just doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> they need a massive reboot and a redirection. The a renaissance, if you weak. will. <laughs> the songs were not catchy. The characters were boring. It was basically an excuse for Disney to toss in some Easter eggs of bygone classics that everyone loved. If this was their attempt to showcase a 100th anniversary, it was extremely disappointing. We took 15 people to the movie on Thanksgiving evening. One person of the 15 said they enjoyed it. A few fell asleep, and the rest of our family felt as I did. In short, don't waste your time with Wish. The entire movie, I kept wishing that I hadn't come to this movie. You can do, you can 31 do it in the out title of 53. Or in the review, not both. <laughs> yeah right that's 31 just out of 50 he he felt he was really like uh he was eric, heated about it well eric was like oh dude i came up with the best pun i said this on my way out of the movies i get i said it, hey it got hey, a big Denise, laugh 14 hey, Denise, come of over the here. 15 people we took to the movie <laughs> laughed at my joke <laughs> stacy i don't fucking care that you like this movie denise come here you fell asleep I just told this joke to Johnny and the guys, the ten guys I brought to this movie. I said, I walked out of here. I said, I wish I, wished I hadn't gone to see Wish. <laughs> I, gotta this, I, gotta this, I gotta put this motherfucking review on IMDb. Let's get home. Come on. Jake hit, the, get... Jake hit that like look around so perfect. Just... <laughs> it's in my nature. It's it's in his blood. It's in his balls. <laughs> the hands start coming up. Oh. It's like I'll never again. forget. It was before, it was one of my favorite memories of us as a friend group. <laughs> it came. It was like before we actually started the show, show. And I don't remember what the impetus for it was, but we were all like simultaneously doing this, the, the Gabagool's shoulder shake. <laughs> and like perfect synchronicity. <laughs> I wish I had been recording it so I could preserve it for future generations. Put it in, put it in the album. It's up uh, here. Up in the old steel trap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um... Senex Barbados is four out of ten. Is that a chemical or a country? I think country? that's a Final Fantasy villain. Or a uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts villain, rather. It's the X. No, there's not enough Xs. <laughs> yeah, it would be Senex Barbaxtus. Yeah, it needs at least three more Xs to be a Kingdom Hearts villain. Um, Dis- Four out of ten, Disney meets chat GPT. Uh, every... Every element of this movie feels like it was generated by a lackluster AI program. The heroine has no apparent drive or motivations outside of the immediate plot and has the same cute but generic adorkable vibe as Rapunzel, Anna, Moana, and Mirabelle. She's enough of a cipher to let anyone put themselves in her place. 
the the villain is a blandly handsome king whose motivations boil down to worship me and more power. He lacks the complexity of Frollo or, or Gothel or in the charisma of Scar or Ursula. He's empty enough that you can imagine him as an analog for whatever politician you dislike. <laughs> All right. uh, the supporting cast was a pile of generic stock characters, ably enough acted but utterly forgettable. None were developed enough to be interesting. The music is lively, but instantly forgettable. After Frozen, Tangled, and Moana, my kids sang garbled toddler versions of the songs on the ride home. After Wish, nothing. Not even a hum. The art was interesting. The watercolor-ish style worked for the backgrounds and captured some of the feel of the classic Disney films. Uh, but the characters seemed crudely pasted atop the background. Um, more than any recent Disney film, you could feel the computers behind the animation. Uh, the plot was uninspired. There are, there are a handful of places where the writers could have taken different paths and asked interesting questions about the nature of power and responsibility. <clears throat> but they abandoned them in favor of a one-dimensional and utterly predictable story. Uh, even the worst flops in the Disney archives had something going for them. Brother Bear was beautiful, Home on the Range was funny, and Dinosaur was a technological leap forward. Wish has nothing. Oh my god, Dinosaur. I forgot about that movie. That was so bad. (laughs) I'm sorry, Jake, but it's true. (laughs) Go back and watch it, Jake. snatched. Um... Wish had nothing. Was it terrible? No. Was it memorable? Definitely not. Will anyone bother to see it more than once? I doubt it. 53 out of 62. Found that helpful. Here comes the part where I reveal my deep, dark secret. I actually really like Brother Bear. Oh, yeah. Brother Bear was very <laughs> enjoyable. It just didn't do well, like, critically. Yeah. I liked, I, I watched the fuck out of the DVD, and the DVD had a commentary track by the two Moose characters. Played uh, by which, uh, the McKenzie brothers. Yes, which I, I still... Or the Moranis, the Rick Mar- Yeah. Are they brothers? The Moranis? Is it Rick Moranis and another Moranis, or...? <laughs> You're going to make me look this up now, aren't you? Yes. Uh, brother... I think just look up the McKenzie brothers. There. Well, I can just grab the... Oh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix was in that movie? It's a connection. Yeah, he was the main character. That It's all connected, it's you okay. see. Um. Yeah, Rick Moranis was Rut, and Dave Thomas was Took. So I guess they're not brothers, but okay. Dinosaur is right on the cusp of being a '90s movie. They're so <laughs> close to getting dinosaur for. It's 90s. the year Thank 2000, God. right? Thank God, it's uh, just outside. Yeah, we really dodged a bullet on that one. Um. Anyway, town ten review incoming from Nathan McDougal. <laughs> just. Man's name. Yeah. Uh, 10 out of 10. I'm not a bot. Great family movie. <laughs> I don't know why you need to. <laughs> I feel, you see, by, by I, saying I'm not, I'm not, I'm a, not a, a I'm not a bot. All right. I'll read this. Like Sounds like something a oh, fucking bot would side say. Side note. <laughs> Kissing, Kissinger's dead. Raise the roof. Yes. Whoop, whoop. America's most famous war criminal. Holla. <laughs> Thank you, Rolling Stones, for one of the top headlines of, of the year. <laughs> yeah. Or should I say, Hala? <laughs> I am not a bot. Great family movie. 
check my review track record. <laughs> I'm a very harsh grader. But today, Disney got this one right. They have temporarily redeemed themselves. My wife and daughter, who requested the movie, loved it. <laughs> I am not going to break down the story or the antagonist or the protagonist's journeys through their respective paths of light and darkness. I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one. I've, I've never tried to do Nixon for more than one sentence. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a rarefied air that people go to. But it was well told. The villain flexes his stuff through letting you know any fight will be a challenge. This is critical in any hero's journey. It gets gets a little too deep at the end there. The ending was magical, kind of an origin story of sorts. Well, definitely worth would definitely watch a sequel if it goes where you think it should. From start to finish, it was a joy. It wasn't preachy. It wasn't morally on high. It was a normal back-to-basics movie for kids and family. I will definitely be buying this for a rewatch when streaming comes out. <laughs> My kid can watch good movies at least 30 times or more. <laughs> 37 out of 89. Oh, helpful. I will definitely be buying this for a rewatch when streaming comes out. <laughs> Oh God! Buying this for a rewatch. It's that gonna is... be free, brother. I think that that tells me more about this. What to think about this movie based on if this guy's giving it a ten out of ten? The the character of this, yeah, this mental giant. <laughs> Absolute mental giant. <laughs> wait, wait till you get a hold of uh, this captain Max, of industry, Max Celian. Max Celian yeah. is about to about to blow your top off which i bet max Celian likes dinosaur i just have to say one thing <laughs> when i was a young young lad i every friday me me ma and i would uh would rent dinosaur on vhs pop that bad boy in and then get a get a pizza from our local pizzeria and that would be our our friday fun day and it was a nice little treat at the end of the week and i knew i got to watch my dinosaur movie and i got some pizza and i did that for like a month and a half straight okay so it did come well, out she's still alive so you're not allowed to be sentimental about it yet it did come out before dinotopia but my my standing memory of dinosaurs that was a worse version of dinotopia well, but i might have that was... flip-flopped but Dinotopia was like live action with like CG dinosaurs in it. This was an animated, like a C three D animated movie. How I think long? That's, that might be CG animated. Wait, how long? I forget how long was Dinotopia. It was like I feel like it was three hours. It was not that long. <laughs> Didn't Dinotopia have like multiple segments? I remember like watching it over multiple Thanksgivings. Yeah, I feel like it just went so. Oh, it was, yeah, it was three episodes. It was a three episode series. That's probably okay. why I thought, because I watched them all back to back, yeah. and I was like, this is so long. It just yeah. never stopped. Dinotopia um, was good, too. I'm not bashing Dinotopia, but dinosaurs were has a special place in my heart, and those dinosaurs were dope as shit. You know, the allosauruses, <laughs> they, they all get wiped out except for one, and the, the fucking lemurs find them, and they gotta, they gotta go find the promised land that is, you know, the Garden of Eden. Is it the fountain? Somehow it's just... Is this the plot to the fountain? Because we all know dinosaurs and uh, small mammals <laughs> occupy the earth at the same time. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, man. They were just chilling. They were all having fun up in their tree when they saw the meteor come down. They were like, oh, 
That's going to hit us. <laughs> Run! <laughs> <laughs> they all died because they can't outrun a meteor. But one of them did. A couple of them did or something like that. They can't run. But one, but one of them did. I think... But then, I think then that induced the... the and you know who that guy was? Albert t- Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't, as Mr. Freeze acutely points out, it wasn't the meteor itself. It was the resulting ice age that killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> it was It was not the meteor. It was the resulting ice age. Doesn't quite roll no, off the tongue. In the, in the kid movie physics, though, they were just like, nope, instant famine. Just like that. Meteor hits, instant desert. Everything is dirt. <laughs> Good luck trying to find water sources, you fucking beasts. You idiot. <laughs> um, anyway, so you fucking moron. <laughs> oh, we got Max Celian over here with a 1 out of 10 for Wish 2 2023. Boring and sucks movie. <laughs> Boring movie. Sing too much. Dot, dot, dot. I don't think it's worth your time to watch it. Because this movie basically are just singing, singing, singing. This movie are so sucks. Please, don't spend your time watching it. Someone said it's for kid. Well, the old Disney movie did have a lot of good lesson and teaching moral values. But this movie are just showing off their animation. A colorful picture, blah, blah. <laughs> And then keep singing for most of the scenes. If I want to listen music, I would just listen to music, bruh. Why watch movie? <coughs> Please get your movie into the right direction. Nonsense movie and don't even understand what is the storyline about it. 10 out of 38. That's beautiful. Keep your music God, out of my musical. <laughs> that they sing too much. They sing too much. Sing, this singing movie sing too much. I need I need less singing. If I want to listen, I put on AirPods. And why not watch movie? I grab iPad Nano. <laughs> I play Beastie Boys. You know, if I, if I want, if I want movie... I put in Intergalactic. <laughs> if I want movie, I'll put on Freaky Friday. You know? <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, great. Bring her back. I excited for Family <laughs> Switch. It like Freaky Friday, but bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but much bigger. They do two. Two more Switch. Multiple Switch. They put dog and kid. Kid and dog. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect... I, I, I mean, know. I, I treat... Know. I treat kid like dog, but that's just me. <laughs> just... <laughs> oh. I don't know where that guy he, came from. That was just... He's a, a rare bird. I love him. A little, beautiful little insect. Much like uh, Dan Hurldenbert um, with his 5 out of 10. Uh, not that far, far away to being a good movie. And I, I got to also kind of get in the position. And I assume he wrote this in, which was just like, Somewhere along like like this. It's so much different so, than how you were sitting I before. <laughs> so that the that the queen threw away her husband so easily seemed odd. He was trapped, and maybe you can still help him. 
her reaction would have made more sense if the guy was just real evil the whole way through versus him just being fearful of his empire falling apart. And his addiction to wishes that make you feel awesome, as Asha pointed out, uh, possibly if he could have just said, hey, I suck at being king, and all the citizens were like, yeah, she's way better, then we could have a real moment and deal with his mental health. And also women empowerment. Both of them were right there for the taking. Uh, also, the ending of the movie is the queen running around trying to combine people's talents, and then a quick pivot turns back to magic being the focus. So that seemed, that seemed a bit confusing. Is magic the answer, or is combining talents of people? Seemed like combining people's talents was a throw-in that didn't fit the magic-slash-wish theme of the movie. The songs were all kind of forgettable. They sounded like Lin-Manuel songs. They just didn't have the hook to keep them flowing. Nor any deeper relevance to the plot. Possibly if the might, songs... might be because they are Lin-Manuel songs. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly if the songs had more animation to the numbers, I could have got into them. Also, where's the bad sidekick? If you go collect to Disney... Was there a reason they didn't have an animal to either make himself seem cool or at least like add some humor? On that note, I, I really didn't hear kids laughing in the movie theater. So clearly the jokes were just weren't just lost on me. So so yeah, just don't waste plot points. Get some better humor, make the bad guy more interesting, and good grief, if you want Lynn Manuel, you should have hired him. <laughs> Zero out of one found that helpful. Well, boy, do I have good news for you. (laughs) I did, in fact, hire him. I hope he reviews all his movies like a monologue from fucking Big Lebowski. Like, (laughs) just a rambling dude. Um, If he had slipped a nice marmot in there, I almost would have given him a pass. (laughs) Yeah. All right. He just starts talking about this shit. It's amazing. Well, that's that's wish, I guess. That's wish. Uh, Trolls band together drops two spots from last week. Uh, seventeen point eight million in the second week, down forty point six percent. Total worldwide of one hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, the law of din- diminishing returns is alive and well. Uh, Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving themed horror movie. Surprisingly, did not see a Thanksgiving bump uh, and dropped 31.4% down to $7 million for the weekend, bringing its total worldwide gross to $30 million. But it's probably profitable because I'm sure it costs like $2 to make. Yeah. the Marvels uh, continues its precipitous fall down the, the leaderboard here, dropping another two spots and another 37.5% already out of nearly a thousand theaters in just its third week and uh let's let's start the watch boys because to date it's made 188 million dollars worldwide will it will it catch the incredible hulk <laughs> for the lowest <laughs> will, will, it, will it avoid being the lowest grossing uh movie in mcu history I... Is the Hulk is the Hulk adjusted for inflation too? No, <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> we should adjust that for inflation. It wouldn't even be close if we adjusted for inflation. <laughs> All right, I I think I you know I'll It'd be go, about I'll take half the at the Hulk's value. Yeah, I'm, I don't think it. I don't think it's going to catch it. 
It would have to it would have to make almost sixty million more worldwide. I think it's going to be yanked yeah. out of theaters long before it'd have a chance to do that. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's got the gas. Especially with um, I don't know what movies are coming up. Um, I was wondering if anything is going to like continue to bump it out. Um, um, there's, there's a couple really big. Isn't there like a? I think there are a couple interesting movies slated to come out. Uh, in December, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they're gonna be like Wonka? big movies coming oh, no. soon. As much as I don't think it's gonna be like that great, I think it will just be the. Uh, there's Aquaman. Is that also coming? Oh out? yeah, Aquaman two is coming out. Um, oh yeah, December twenty second. God, there was. Will even make it to twenty second though? Oh God, no. Um, yeah, I'm not sure here. Let me look at my, my Regal app to see what's coming soon. Uh, we got Renaissance that's coming out today. Um, Uh, Godzilla minus one. Oh, Godzilla minus one. I've heard really good shit about Godzilla minus one. I mean, considering how good Godzilla, Shin Godzilla was. Like, um, I think Godzilla minus one might be sitting at a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, da, 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 da. that might have been a couple days ago though. Might have gone down. Uh, the boy and the heron is coming out next week. Wonka is coming out in two weeks. Migration. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight for Godzilla minus one on Rotten Tomato. The Iron Claw. Well, I don't think this is going to compete with the Iron Claw for audience share, but no. <laughs> uh, Ferrari. The color purple might take some viewers away. The boys in the boat. (laughs) (laughs) Boys in the boat are always white. Um, Yeah. Okay. So not not a whole lot, but I think if it if it even makes it to competing with Wonka, that will that will be its death knell. But I don't think it's gonna gonna last two weeks. I honestly don't. Um, The holdovers. Stays in seventh, uh, going up 3.7% as it opens in a few more theaters. Uh, you can check out last week's episode for Peter's review of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, uh, holding pretty steady despite losing theaters at a pretty rapid rate. Uh, $2.3 million in just under 1,000 theaters, uh, only dropping 16.4%, bringing that total gross to $248 million. So a literal video of a Taylor Swift concert has outgrossed the Marvels by nearly $70 million. She's the the real female empowerment. Saltburn uh, is the big gainer this week, opening up in... More than seven theaters. Yeah, Warner's doing the Warner's doing the rollout this time. They saw it. They saw a twenty four strat, and they're like, "Hey, we can do one of those. We can do that with a mid budget experimental drama." Uh, four hundred seventy six point seven percent. Some people are excited about it. I do remember the gentleman behind us in the concession line uh, buying oh. tickets to to Saltburn when we were seeing Napoleon. I didn't even know. Cool. Well. You you, was, you tend I, to be unaware of the environment around you. I also you. <laughs> walked away immediately as soon as I paid my $1 for a medium drink and fry. I'm like, I'm so happy with this. 
I paid zero for uh, my medium popcorn and drink. <laughs> yeah. I don't know <laughs> they why. They still mine... printed a receipt, though, which is interesting. <laughs> um, Weird that. Yeah. And rounding out the top 10 is Five Nights at Freddy's, which dropped five spots week on week in its fifth week. So I guess it just doesn't have the stamina there. Casualties uh, this week. Um, next goal wins. Uh, Priscilla and Killers of the Flower Moon all out. Yeah. Um, well, he had two movies open, so and that doesn't move in, really yeah. shock me. Yeah. Um, Dream Scenario is still not in a lot of theaters, uh, but that, I think it's in wide release now, so that's something we'll check out. It is going to be a little bit interesting because actually technically uh, this episode is a bit of an anachronism because we should we're we should be in 90s month right now, but uh, <laughs> we are uh, our schedule on that's going to be a little bit tricky. Uh, we're still kind of mm-hmm. figuring out how long we're going to go with that and what time frame it's going to be. Normally we do it in just December, but I think we're going to have to kind of swish it around a little bit because it's- there are some movies that we still want to cover in the year. And then we have our anniversary episode. So we might just move it to January this year. Still 90s um, winter, baby. That's still, still winter. Yeah. That's- yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But I think tentative plans, we're going to move 90s month to January this year because fuck you, it's January. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing coming out January. Ain't nothing never come out in January. Not no. once, never. No, sir. Um, I, I did. Uh, I was looking through the crap and I saw It's a Wonderful Knife uh, is in like <laughs> five theaters. I think that just went to streaming, right? That went to streaming. I don't know if that's in streaming or if that was just like premiere week. Um, Maybe. Let's see. It's a oh, wonderful. Oh, it's a wonderful knife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's twenty. It's currently twenty or thirty fifth. Uh, where to watch? It is yes. It's on AMC Plus. So, I, I mean, that's got to be coming to theaters, too, right? Because they're not going to bank on everyone subscribing to AMC+. Plus. Uh, yeah. I hope not. So, yeah, I, I got to think that that's, that's going to roll out wide at some point. Or wider, at least. Maybe, maybe it'll be in, like, 2,400 theaters, not 4,000. But I got to figure that's going to hit... Oh, I release soon. Oh, pardon me. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's roll. Let's roll on with the show here and talk some gaming news because there is quite a bit of uh, interesting news this week, or at least some there some interesting is. stuff going on. There's a lot, a lot that could be talked about. So it's it's tough to kind of limit it to to a story or two between us, but uh, we'll have to make do because it's all about making do. Yep. All right, so no one's jumping on it, so I guess I will go first. Go for it. Yep. <laughs> Bethesda is doing doing a weird thing. They're they're um, they are individually they're responding to individual negative reviews on Steam, trying yeah. to like rebut the reviews, which it's not it's not unusual for a company to 
respond to negative reviews on a site. Like you see that on Amazon, sometimes the seller will like respond to a negative review. We're sorry you had a problem with the product, blah, 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 we'll, we'll help you make it right. Um, but that's not quite the tack that Bethesda is taking here. Uh, they're trying to like provide rebuttals <laughs> to some of these like, negative actually, reviews. Actually, you should have had a good time. Yeah, so for for an example here, uh, replying to a review that just said midfield, um, someone employed by Bethesda wrote, you can take time to explore various planets for resources and items. You can also break the law by smuggling and selling contraband. Build your own outposts and starships and customize them to your enjoyment, exploration, and role-playing. There are many things to do and explore. Um... Yeah, so, which, so that, that feels like firing off a pre-written takedown to someone who just called you cringe yeah. <laughs> on Twitter. Um, and there's another one that was great. Um, oh, yeah, I hope this is the one I was thinking of. Where they, they point you to the game's official Discord server to help, help uh, the people who submit a review find further ideas from other players, which is kind of like saying, we're not sure what's fun in our game, but these people have put their heads together to really think that. Out. I thought you were going to highlight the one where they were like, you know, uh, the astronauts didn't complain when they stepped foot on the moon on another world. I'm, you're, I actually didn't see that one. Yeah, where they're like, you're like, I'm sorry that you're so entitled that you don't enjoy the experience of stepping on an alien planet like the like our patriot astronauts did or whatever. And everyone was like, yeah, that's because we're not. We're playing a a moderate a mid video game um here's another one and this was on a couple that were pointing out the loading screen so i i gave a review of starfield about 25 20 some odd minutes and that was me holding back last week i could have easily filled a whole hour talking about starfield because i just my relationship with this game fascinates me because in many ways it's emblematic of a lot of game design choices i don't like but i couldn't stop playing it (laughs) Um, but, uh, in response to the loading screens, they pointed out, well, there may be loading screens in between fast traveling. Just consider the amount of data for the expansive gameplay that is procedurally generated to load flawlessly in under three seconds. We believe that shortcoming will not hinder our players from getting lost in the world we created. It, it, I, did you have to have so many? <laughs> Their first one that fast travel has its perks since you will always be given the visual of your ship launching and landing, thus be able to appreciate all the little details that make your customized ship look unique. You can customize your own loading screen. That's the rebuttal here. This is, I feel like Todd like dictated all of these. Yeah, this he is just, real like, like we did optimize the games. You just have to upgrade your PC. It's like, dude, I've got a 3080 and a 5950X in my machine. <laughs> if it can't run well on that hardware, it's not optimized. Yeah. He's just sitting there molding in his office like, bring me another. Bring me another. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, I think I did, and I did say this in my review, I think Starfield is a little over-criticized because people it's, get a have expectations from a Bethesda game. Like, I've, I've never viewed Bethesda as the studio that makes, like, life-changing video games like some people do and i guess people who expected a life-changing experience from starfield were a little disappointed when they got you know a standard fair bethesda game but that's kind of what i expected 
And so I guess I wasn't really disappointed by that. But that's not a good look. This is never really the play. Um, responding to negative reviews in any capacity is always a bit of a dubious play. And Real if it's desperate. anything other than we're really sorry you had a bad experience, uh, would you mind providing feedback on how we can improve or how can we help you make this right? Uh, you, you're best off just not doing it. Um, you should instead do what CD Project Red has done, which is put their head down, work hard on uh, updating the game to deliver on the promised features that were missing, and generally make the game everyone hoped it would be uh, by the end of the yeah. the road there. Although it has and the fun side effect of um, now that like No Man's Sky has had all this shit come out about it, um, people are like, game critics are coming out like, man, I liked it when it was in the beginning stages, you know, the original game before everyone else asked for all these features in it. Like, hey, shut up. I like this game before it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what you're asking for. Speaking of Cyberpunk's redemption arc, more than 4.3 million people bought the Phantom Liberty DLC, or expansion, I should say, because it's not, calling it DLC is a little reductive. Um, I am among them. I have not yet played it. Uh, that's on the agenda for this weekend because it's going to be really rainy and gross all weekend. So I plan on getting well acquainted with Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty and my Steam Deck OLED. Yes, sir. Um, I have I have multiple choice. Well, no, I'm not going to talk about the, the Nebraska collection, the rare video game collection that was from a close a 1998 game store that stored all of its stock and was only recently discovered. I'm not going to talk about how it has a pristine copy of Chrono Trigger in it. Um, <laughs> and each of the games are worth five figures each. No, uh, we've got a better story. Peter Griffin Fortnite. Oh, yeah, dude. This is the second time I'm talking about this today. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait, dude. Family Guy Funny Moments, Peter Griffin Fortnite. Do you think? Do you think his uh, his ability is when you shoot him, he's gonna be like, "Huh, this is worse than the time I." And then he just cuts just away. Cut a, yeah, you you get cut away to like a, a flashback. Yeah, and that's his defense mechanism. Is you oh. get a, you get flashbacked. Yeah, <laughs> and then you come to and he just has a gun pointed to your. We head can finally you. have Peter <laughs> versus Goku versus Rick Sanchez in Fortnite. The so battle royale. I like in the article talks about, oh, yeah, people are excited about how, you know, data miners found him in, as early as 2021 in the queue. Um, people are excited about seeing him go to toe to toe with Goku or, or how funny it would be to see him up, see him team up with the Decepticons. Um, but <laughs> it's also worth noting that Peter isn't the only character joining Fortnite for Chapter 5. Solid Snake from the Metal Gear Solid franchise will be bop joining the island, bop too. Um, Fortnite Metal is no Gear. stranger when it comes to crossovers either recently epic just added m&m and characters from invincible into the game wait I, so you're telling me i can have omni man fight goku and i can have solid snake fight john wick hell yeah, <laughs> yes what is man fortnite's awesome <laughs> like all right boys it's time to have m&m fight thanos <laughs> in tilted towers peter griffin versus thanos in the battle of who has the weirder chin 
I can't wait for other Fortnite, aka Magic the Gathering, to include. Yeah, Fortnite. I was about to fucking say <laughs> Fortnite and Magic the Gathering are a little too similar these days for my liking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna look up. I I need to see all the Fortnite crossovers. Um. We don't have that kind of time, Peter. It's okay. <laughs> While you do that, uh, real quick, um, you're fine to load up your dusty old save file for Baldur's Gate 3's new epilogue, especially if you quick save as much as I do. <laughs> um, that was just the title of the article. Yeah, I was about I was, to say thank you for, for Bayon reading. Uh, <laughs> cringy <laughs> as fuck. But yeah, uh, last patch, uh, patch 5 or something like that um, for Baldur's Gate 3 included a epilogue for the game because it's one of those hey you're about to go past the point of no return you better button up all the shit that you wanted to do before you do that because you can't continue after this point so okay i'll still collect all the loot like i'm gonna sell it later anyways because uh, <laughs> i fucking do that i have a problem um yeah the epilogue kind of um I have no idea what it's about, but it's, uh, I think it has something to do with um, taking all the choices you made along the way and referencing some of um, your beginning choices at the Grove and in the uh, Shadow shadow Place. Um, and it, it, I don't know if it has consequences, but you go over them. You reflect on them or something with the characters happens. I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that blog plays out. They said it was a uh, one of the most complex uh, parts of writing it. Um, this makes me think that they probably had this lined up when they finished the game, and they just didn't have it done. And figured they'd release it later. Um, Larian does take good care of their game, so even if they didn't and they made it for this, it's at least refreshing that they're listening to feedback. And well, yeah, I was really worried that my my save file with my level seven character was going to be uh, useless for the epilogue yeah. here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, got, got a little ways to go. I I, uh, I have to I have to finish Phantom Liberty, and then I'll get back to Baldur's Gate three. I promise. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm hoping eventually that they'll come out with like a expansion to this, because there's more stuff in D and D that they can go up to. They can go up, add five more levels, four more levels, whatever. Yeah, I'm um, I'm sure there will probably be a Baldur's Gate three definitive edition at some point with some yeah. stuff packed in. Like, cause since they were they're working off of D and D five e, um, I know part of the reason that they didn't go up to like level twenty, and do something as big as like Divinity two, um, was because they, the spell elements, which they could just remove certain spells that they don't want. Like, like imagine getting level nine spells and then having your access to Wish, and then just yeah. like how would you program? How do you that program Wish? Yeah. Yeah. It's like they already had limitations with like polymorph where it's limited to like you turning your enemy into a sheep instead of it being like an either or kind of like a buff to your party. Like you can polymorph them into anything that you've seen. I'm disappointed it's not a chicken. That was one of my favorite things to do. Oh, yeah. That was always divinity. <laughs> That's the classic polymorph. I don't know if there's any like live chickens in Baldur's Gate. You do come across. A bunch of murdered chickens at one point, but um, dude, spoilers! I haven't made it there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ooh, ooh, murdered chickens. I actually never got that explained. There's so much shit that happens in the game. There's so many little like strings I never pulled on that there was just a a bunch of murdered chickens for no reason. So mm-hmm. never figured out why. Yeah. Oh well. Who knows? Um, to finish this up, 
I did find the list of crossovers. It is in the in the chat. Um, to give you just a sample, there are so many. There are so many. Um, you can have Pat Mahomes on a Segway fighting uh, Izuku Midoriya from My Hero Academia <laughs> and uh, Ash Williams from The Evil Dead. That's that's like a, a, a teensy sample of, of what's on here. That is... Uh, find find your... Oh, you can play <laughs> Ariana see, Grande. Just, just in the fucking... Just in the fucking uh, picture of, of the article, I see Revan... Oh, no, that's Kylo Ren, my bad. Uh, Stormtrooper, uh, Black Sheriff Widow, from a n- yep. ninja version of Ninja... Uh, something else. Yeah, a couple things from Stranger Things. Uh, Marshmallow, Marshmallow, Batman, a psycho from Borderlands, and another ninja s character that I don't recognize. Uh, so many. Yeah. That is quite the list. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Just any is it is it in pop culture? It's going to be in Fortnite. Well, hey, it's been printing them money, so I don't. I don't blame Epic for keeping the crossover train rolling. Yep. Well, I'll be able to play Geralt of uh, Rivera fighting the Terminator Rivia. and Jack Skellington. Geraldo <laughs> <Rivera>. Rivera. Geraldo <laughs> of Rivera. <laughs> Can someone do like a you know Austin Powers and Mass Effect style video for? Geraldo Rivera in The Witcher 3. <laughs> hey, Eli B, get in here with this. <laughs> yeah, they got to do more real, real life people. They, you know, uh, that's, that's become... They have Giannis, uh, they have actual Ariana Grande. <laughs> can you imagine if they actually brought in like Henry Kissinger or like, <laughs> uh, do a fucking... Um, uh, Venture Bros. Henry Kill. There's Killinger. there's two there's two uh, Henry Kissinger skins like uh, yeah. <laughs> young war criminal Henry Kissinger and like old like Palpatine ninety nine year old hundred year old the final form Henry Kill. Can we get Biden in here no, and he has his signature Biden blast? Biden blast. Dude, you know we joke about that, but it's a like he's they're just waiting until he's out of like office to do that. Oh yeah, because that would be. Yes. Can you imagine if they did that in Trump? Oh my he ta- God, they would make so much fucking money. He has what? He has like the um. He has his presidential pin, and he takes it off, and it's like weighted, and makes a crater in the ground. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> that, was, that was my weighted training American flag pin. Uh, my my favorite character to play is Ron DeSantis when he takes <laughs> off his pumps, <laughs> and he. He engages his short king energy. Is that? I think that's how we have to conduct the election this year. Is just a bit, do it all I, in I, Fortnite. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> all all the candidates in one battle royale in Fortnite. <laughs> the the winner <laughs> becomes president. Look, Jack. Perfect. Good thing I've been practicing on my building. <laughs> well, it's like the uh, yeah the gamer. Nineties dog. We've all seen the Trump Obama. Biden gamer, gamer yeah. videos. Oh, yeah. It'd be like that, but for real. <laughs> uh, just like, <laughs> just like um, Napoleon would be for real if it were actually at all 
uh, based on history. I, I didn't have a good transition. This there. We're talking about Napoleon character. Now. Everything in Napoleon was how how it played out. Uh, I, I'm not a expert in this period of history, uh, but even I was able to spot a few historical anachronisms. Though that's not my big issue with this movie. Yeah. Um, On my list of complaints, historical anachronisms pretty far down the list. If you don't know history, I don't think you'll like this movie. If you do know history, oh my god, you're going to have an aneurysm. Yeah. Um, Didn't Ridley Scott say, I don't care? Did he really? Like, Something I, about that. He's I like, should... I'm telling my own story about a historical figure. Fucking what is that? No one wants to hear your fan fiction. Um... Yeah, I should have watched some of the... I wanted to watch the featurettes after we watched this movie because we came out of it, like, uh, really questioning what Ridley Scott's intent was with with this movie. So... Um, it just doesn't the, seem uh, like any other... Well, I'm not going to say, oh, it's not like any other historical biopic movie in terms of difference from history, but, like... It really is. A, it was weird to watch. It was a weird it experience. Is, it is a very weird experience. So, like, the tagline on the poster is, he came from nothing, he conquered everything. But you're introduced to Napoleon when he's already a ranking member of the military. So, like, you don't really... Ex- they don't explore his origins. Um, the the synopsis here, or, like, the, the line underneath the movie, the brief summary on IMDb, isn't... Uh, as follows, an epic that details the checkered rise and fall of French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte and his relentless journey to power through the prism of his addictive, volatile relationship with his wife, Josephine. And I did I did read into uh, like the actual historical nature of their relationship. And um, honestly, reading the real history, I feel like they could have made a more interesting movie by pulling from different aspects of mm-hmm. their their shared history but yeah. um it it took a lot of creative liberties with it and there's really no no proof after they uh like divorced that they still had feelings for each other in the way the movie portrayed them to have feelings for each other yeah um it, it's just like so like yeah the the relationship with Josephine becomes the main focus but this movie's so unfocused that, like, even that, which is the most, uh, like, concise narrative through line through the movie, feels mm-hmm. underdeveloped and half-baked. Yeah. There was a lot of criticism that this almost feels like a hit piece on Napoleon. And after learning, you know, brushing up a little bit on, on even the basic history, like, I, again, I am ignorant of so much of Napoleonic history even the fact that I had to be reminded that he was uh, 25 when he started doing a lot of his uh, emperoring and military <laughs> conquesting. So having the 40-year-old Joaquin Phoenix play him um, was a bit of a yeah. miscast. Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix is so miscast as Napoleon that it almost feels like an intentional joke. Right. Um yeah, it does feel like I can see why people feel like it's a hit piece. And I almost believe in myself because it seems like the closest thing to a thesis statement this movie has is um, Napoleon was so like cockstruck 
by Josephine that he wanted to do a do an entire empire about it and look at how much goofy bloodshed he did uh, to get into like her pants and like and care about his heir, but like that's not. <laughs> That, that that makes no sense. It doesn't make for a compelling movie. Like yeah. there's there's a lot you could have done with a Napoleon like biopic that would have been very interesting. And he, I, I'm not like again if you don't want to focus on the military conquests, that's fine. This movie certainly didn't. There's like three or four battle scenes. Um, only one of them is really like well made, and it's the best scene in the movie. And it comes an hour plus into the movie, uh, which is kind of like a weird, <laughs> a weird place to yeah. put that. Of all the stories to not focus on, like the action and battle, and change over to like the weird personal side, this was this was See, not I, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind like in concept at least i don't mind exploring like napoleon the person because we all know about the battles and all that stuff that's very well documented history but like it it's not as well explored him as as a person and like his his origins and his relationships with people i don't i don't hate the idea of exploring that but they did it in such a haphazard scattershot way that None of the characters really feel like they have any relationship with any of the other characters. No. And no, yeah, that that was um, that was kind of the like this whole where I fell off this whole where... movie hinges on the need for you to feel moved in some way by the relationship between Napoleon and Josephine. That's what this movie like has to have happened to work even a little bit. And you, they, they're the most unbelievable couple. Yeah, they, 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 they start off the relationship so kind of haphazardly and so um, uh, tepid that you take this relationship and then she's like cheating on him. He gets so upset over that. And it's and like so immediate. Like, okay, like she I, see, doesn't I appear understand. to love him. And then she's like cheating yeah. on him and like the next breath we see of her. And we're supposed to like feel anything yeah. about that like it's so clear that the relationship is present the relationship is presented as a sham for like the first like yeah. hour plus of the yeah. movie and then in the middle we're supposed to feel like heartbroken that they nowhere, have to divorce of, because she can't bear a yeah, child for no, him out of nowhere she feels like emotions towards leaving him or having to leave him he's not even like gone from her life he's still like involved she's just out of the main mansion so like what is she really losing in this situation? She got to keep her title. Um, it like appears yeah, that she he some... visits him like every time he's fucking in France. Like what exactly <laughs> she... changed here? True first world problems. Like, I don't... Yes, it was it was a really weird relationship that we had to like accept that they that they were all about it, and that was supposed to be the ending driving narrative that you know all it was all about Josephine. It was all about getting back to Josephine. <laughs> And he's like just distraught when he right. finds out, and in the process that she died. Yeah, in uh, the process of that, the- they make him like a weird little like incel sex gremlin. <laughs> yeah, when like yeah, and again like again, I don't remember any of the point, but it very makes makes very much sense that like a big part of why he was able to do what he did was like he was a cool dude, at least to his soldiers and his people, like. 
he was personable yeah, like, and charismatic and there's get people I, on his side he does not come across as a leader of men in this movie no he does not that's what like it threw me off so much they just established the fact that he is the leader he is the guy that everybody's following so they they don't have to set up the fact that he can become a leader and he is a leader that they just say oh he's got a an army and a good tactical mind which is like they, they show, they show it once, really. Like, like, like what? Like maybe the first battle, and then like the, 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 the second ice. So yeah, the, the first battle, battle is a success, but like it doesn't show any tactical, like acumen. They attack under the cover of darkness. That's about I mean, as advanced yeah, as the strategy got. But like they, the they the, the second well. scene was very much like yes this this shows excellent tactics he drew them in with an ambush and then he pushed them to retreat mm-hmm. over ice and you used artillery to break up the ice like you know like that shows like keen strategic insight and that's the one scene of that we get because the next two battles they show are Napoleon's two greatest losses of his military yeah. career yeah <laughs> um. So the other the and, other thing is, um, yeah, no, Jake, you know, yeah. he's 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 rising through power in in like the military way, but you know, he's also got this political aspect to him, and he just kind of gets shuffled along by like his cohorts, and they're just like, hey, you're a good military guy, why don't you join us? Yeah, it doesn't. Hey, you should do this. <laughs> and he's he's not like he doesn't have ambition like to grow in power. Yeah, and they're just like he seems to just no, like fall upwards. Yeah, <laughs> there's no like sneaky like political politicking and he knows a guy and he he knows how to talk to them well and win them over he just kind of gets told that this is going to happen do you want to join us and come along he's like, and he's like yeah he's yeah, like sitting not? he's like falling asleep in his chair and he's like yeah it's yeah, like we're going to overthrow the government and it's going to be three people who are controlling france and we want you to be one of them you cool with that he's like Sure. Doesn't doesn't like <laughs> escort any of the soldiers to get the other people to resign or anything. Just falls up and then like a few minutes later in the movie it's like, "Hey, you want to be emperor?" <laughs> and he's like, "I guess." Yeah. I feel like <laughs> okay, Ridley so Scott is... took one like the one line that people see in his biographies that like he was kind of a a little awkward in person and was kind of focused on his work as a military mind and like ramped that to 11 when So I Yeah. Yeah, I got I got to look into like the, I I've been meaning to like look into the history of Napoleon a little bit because there's one thing that's bugging me about and I don't know if it's a creative liberty or I don't know if it's something that should have been explained more because it seemed like Napoleon was like anti-king, anti-royalist, like it should, we should be a republic, like our France should be a republic, so that's why I'm going to overtake the um the monarchy and we're going to we're going to shut down the royalists and we have this gruesome like like battle that killed like a bunch of just civilians mm-hmm. uh, with cannons, which was dope. But <laughs> so okay, so I it's setting up Napoleon as somebody who is like anti-monarchy. So and then we we start he just so willingly accepts the the role of emperor. Yeah, we, well, when when things get dicey, it's kind of strange, right? So like they the movie picks up in post-revolution France with during Maximilian Robespierre's reign of terror. And I was very impressed with my memory of global history when I immediately identified him as Maximilian Robespierre before he was ever named. I was like, like, yeah, got it. (laughs) Um, But uh, so 
that happens, and then he he has a line when he, during his coronation or like or maybe slightly before his coronation as emperor, where he's like, "I'm going to right the mistakes of the failed revolution." So like he doesn't come across as like pro democracy. He he is under the charge of people who are in the republic and defends them against the royalists. I don't think his motivation is like against monarchy necessarily. Has he internalized the okay. ideals of the Enlightenment but, but that, era? But that goes back to my my point where like he's not presented as having like any ambition in this movie. Yeah. Like he doesn't have a, he doesn't they don't display a lust for power. They don't show him like kind of manipulating his way up the chain of command, which I don't know a lot about Napoleon, but it strikes me as that would have been more anal- more closely related to how it actually went down than what was presented in this movie, where he just kind of falls upwards into emperor. Yeah. And they skip, <laughs> yeah. and the big thing, um, history people, I, I, we haven't mentioned this to you, because we wanted you to not have an aneurysm on the floor, um, so maybe cover your ears or grab a pillow and put it nearby. <laughs> um, but uh, Make sure you're sitting did, down. Again, I missed this. Because I'm not, it wasn't taught in school, but um, yeah, he falls upward, and they skip a lot of his military career, including the entire like Trafalgar, uh, the Battle of Trafalgar, and the entire Italian campaign of his. Yeah, where they take war. over Italy, and yeah. you know he named his son king of rome and all that shit <laughs> just a little just a little thing he's i think they say that he says it in a line when they smash cut from him fucking his wife to the sphinx My he's God. like egypt fell egypt was fell or italy fell really easy and i'm like i and every historian was like that's that would that's, have been interesting to show would have been him cool raffle stomping an entire country and conquering it like and he then, was like he did they fire a couple cannons in egypt but the the main like purpose of that scene is to establish the fact that his wife doesn't actually love him and is cheating on him yeah and that he and to set up that he supposedly in this in the movie he abandons the egyptian campaign to go yeah address his wife and apparently he was also having affairs which aren't shown at all in the movie and yeah, it, it almost it almost comes across like he's just saying that to appear to not be disadvantaged and i kind of thought that was the case but no apparently historically he actually was having some affairs when he after he learned about uh the uh, affair that josephine was having yeah. and but like the one character character trait they consistently portray with Napoleon, because his characterization is kind of a little all over the map, um, as is at least in the early portion of the film, his height. Yeah. <laughs> they, I feel like they forgot in a couple shots to make him seem smaller because <laughs> he's like the same height as they some other put people. In the joke about I didn't know what that scene was where he was in Egypt. I didn't realize that there was Alexander the Great's tomb, and he's like standing on a step stool to compare himself to Alexander the Great. Although he does like do a weird thing in that scene where he like leans in and like whispers in its ear, and I'm like, "What the fuck was that? Was that There's so it, many? Was that choices. from a historical account, or did Ridley Scott just say, "Hey, Joaquin, I need you to lean in like no. whisper sweet nothings into this mummy's ear"? Dude, that was that was a no. That's a walking improvisation that. 
Ridley Scott was like genius. Oh, oh, I've made those re- the reactions from everyone in that scene were the genuine reactions of the actors where they're like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. Oh, walking. That's going to make people come in the theaters. Oh my God. I'm keeping that in the movie. No. Dope. Him. Then it daps him, him up. <laughs> Mock speed is going to make people and come. Fucking the smash. <laughs> they showed that twice. <laughs> There was yeah, so many, like once isn't enough. <laughs> like I, I know it's like we talked about how it's about his relationship, but that expresses itself in the movie through a just a flood of sex scenes in the first and second acts. Like there, there's way too much fucking in this movie. Yeah, and like full frontal. I, I get it's an R-rated movie. Well, but, it's not even full frontal because she's like clothed the entire time. Well, yeah, but like it's like right in front of the camera is what I mean by that. Yes. And then there are a couple scenes where it's more implied. And like, you know, I get it's an R rated movie and you have the latitude to show that stuff, but really the only R rated nature, well, I guess obviously the sexual themes are there, but there's no nudity. Uh, this is not a booby movie. Nope. Um, this is a gory n- movie. It is a gory movie. Also, if you like horses, don't watch this movie. Oh, a lot of bad yeah. stuff happens to horses in this movie. A lot of bad stuff. Horse, uh, Horse I'm girls not, I'm not, need not apply. Yes, I'm not even going to like suggest a joke because <laughs> I, if I make a joke about some of those scenes, I feel like I'm like, I'm going to get cursed. Um, yeah. Yeah, and this is part of his characterization where like in the sex scenes, he, he looks like a weirdo. <laughs> They make him fuck like a weirdo. Yeah, like it. Oh, that's just and, it, and like Josephine is like not into it, and she's like, I guess. Yeah, she never seems into. That's why that for me is where this movie kind of fall, fell apart. And I've mentioned it several times before, but I'll I'll say it again just to really hammer home the point. This movie focuses so much on the relationship with Josephine that you really have to kind of buy into it as a relationship. But never once through action is it demonstrated that Josephine has anything but, like, mild tolerance for Napoleon. Like, it's it. she never appears to love him. She's never interested in the sex. She's never really interested in him. Like, she, like, very begrudgingly marries him, and yeah. she immediately cheats on him, and then, like, she's upset when she sees her stuff thrown out of the, the mansion or whatever. But I think that I, my interpretation, my read on that was just that she's very material and, right, like, doesn't want to lose her spot or, or lose all her stuff. Yeah. But I guess we're supposed to believe that she has feelings for him because she laughed when she was playing with the dogs. But, like, it could have been her laughing at him. Like, it just... I yeah. didn't believe that they loved each other. And Like, I believe he, he simped for her, but I think... I, I didn't believe that it was reciprocated at all. But, like, yeah. it, you're supposed to feel for them, supposedly, when she dies at the end. But, like, I just didn't feel anything. Like, yeah. it didn't seem and, important. Like, it was just another scene in the movie that was just a collection of scenes with yes. no connective tissue. A lot of people <laughs> claim that I, I kind of agree with this. That felt like a slideshow. Um, and looking back, too, um, I don't, looking back at thinking, remind, remembering the scenes, um, I don't feel like Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby had, like, any chemistry. 
Oh, they had negative chemistry. I did not believe that they wanted to be anywhere near each other. <laughs> Which sucks when that's that's like half your movie. That's um, the crux of the movie, yeah. It, and it's such the crux of the movie that like when she dies, um, like he has to come get advice from her force ghost so she can still be in the movie. And when that stops, the movie ends. She's out, movie done. Going to. Yeah, and they're, they play this weird angle. Like they keep like implying this like weird power dynamic between them especially like the line towards the end really like made me scratch my head and be like was that supposed to be a thematic thing or whatever because there's there's a line where with her force goes where she says next time i'll be emperor and you'll do exactly as i say it just like came out of nowhere yeah (laughs) and had like (laughs) no real related to that one scene in the beginning where they're like you're every you're my everything i i have to i'll pledge my allegiance to you or whatever um that was like but that was at the beginning of the movie and was not setting up for like a callback or anything and like yeah the the shifting of the dynamic in the relationship like it was kind of random because like he simps hard for her in the beginning is like yeah i'll do all this shit for you and then when he discovers he's cheating on her he like is like mad and like tries to take the reins on the relationship. And then the and then, very next scene, like she's the one who's mad at him and he's groveling before her. Yeah. And then like when, when they can't have a kid, he's like bitch calling her out at dinner in front of all these people. Be like, you can't bear me a fucking son. And then he's like, I'm going to divorce you if you can't. And then they're like both really sad about the divorce going down. And yeah. he impregnates a woman and and like we never hear about that again. Yeah. And, and we, we never hear sex- about her, her oh, yeah. son. Wow. Like, like uh, Josephine has a son from a previous romantic entanglement. And then he just fucks off and is never seen in the movie again. <laughs> I think he showed up in the very end when, on her deathbed. I think he was the guy in the room. It was one of the guys in the room. I, yeah. Um, yeah. He would have been great to to have was, a, a firmer grasp on it than maybe. <laughs> oh, the uh, the also the um the setup where like he tries to see if he's like still um he can like create an heir. He's if fertile. It's his fault or not. <laughs> um, that like never happened. And yeah, like they they said yeah Napoleon had affairs where he apparently had a couple bastards. So, like, you set yourself up for, like, just explaining that away. Right and there now. already was an error, because he had, like, a nephew or something like that who was already proclaimed to be the the heir, but that he died of, like, the croup or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So it became just, more incumbent that he have a son. It was just so and, fucking weird. And at weird. some point, he, con- he, he, he conquers Europe, and I guess he has to deal with geopolitics. That's not important. No. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Let's focus more about how and he and his wife can't conceive. Yeah. And the concept of a surrogate just didn't exist back then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you're and, fucking and emperor. Mission- just say that you can have A, multiple wives, or I can sire this child out of wedlock and still be married to my wife because I'm the fucking emperor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, for, and for battles, let's just, let's just focus on the big fuck up that he did going into, into Russia in the dead of winter. Like, that's, that's what this movie really should be about. I think that's that's mainly what happened was Ridley Scott 
just read the read a he, part of the biography and then also he read the tenth grade textbook on, on, on European history. Yeah. Took the spark notes of the battles and were like, "How can we make some scenes out of this? Let's throw in a love interest and you know slop together a love story." Yeah, Ridley oh, Scott's been oh, accused of making movies that are more style than substance for most of his career. That's been a major criticism, but this didn't even have the style. <laughs> yeah, with, thank you for bring, thank you for segueing into this because I need to talk about this. Like the the mechanics of this movie. Um, are also not great. Um, step one, everything is washed out to shit. Like, the color grade on this, why? Why is the color grade on this fucking none? <laughs> it's so flat. When, it's not even, like, flat with accent colors. Just everything's flat. Like, when <laughs> my clothes in the dark theater are more <laughs> vibrant than the <laughs> battlefield at Waterloo under the sunshine, when the sun comes out... Like I'm looking at screens from this now, and like, what? <laughs> in bright sunshine, it feels like it's evening. It's like it's night for day. <laughs> They're doing <laughs> night for day out here. Um, like, wh- why would you do that? The editing is choppy as hell, as evidenced by just the the most iconic, awful jump cut of this movie, which is them like fucking and having a moment, and then it cuts to the Sphinx. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, and then there's yeah, the editing is kind of jarring. Like, there's no visual identity to the movie. It's just like Ridley Scott's like, oh, that might be a neat idea of her shot composition, and he just throws it in there. Like, there yeah. is there's a very Wes Anderson planar metric shot in there that I noticed, and there's this weird. I want to point this out. It's a completely inconsequential scene, but it was just like some of the weirdest framing I've ever seen. He's going to he knocks on someone's door. And and the framing is him like the door is on the left hand part Vanessa of the frame. Kirby's door. Yeah, he met her at the party the previous night and wanted to hang out. And the the framing is such that on the left hand side it's it's him knocking on the door. And you're like, okay, that's fine. They're going to cut to the the over the shoulder view of her opening the door. No, 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 no. That would be a normal thing to do. He instead turns around and walks to the right side of the frame and stands there for like three or four beats while the door opens and her, she walks into the left side of the frame. <laughs> it's like I get, you know, wanting to have a continuous shot, but like it was just four seconds long of holding on that shot for no real reason. It's not like it was part of a broader continuous sequence. It was just, it was just a weird choice. Cause yeah. uh, fucking I'm yeah. I'm, and I'm watching some interviews right now about thinking about weird choices. Um, I'm, I'm watching this interview and they, they're talking about like some of these, there's a, he's like, Oh, he gave you a lot of in, uh, room for improv. The fuck, you know, the fucking scene where he pulls her under the table to like ravish yeah. her. That was an improv scene, or like that was something they came up with on the fly. Oh God! <laughs> like the most fucking out of character. That's probably why the, all the improv shit that he did did not line up with the. I guess like, that I guess that makes sense for why he was so like inconsistent, right? As a character, it was a lot of improv. Yeah, they probably let him do so much stuff that probably should. not have <laughs> You know what else was? Um, I'm sure was improv when he screams at the British. 
contingent yeah. that you think they're special because they have and boats. boats. <laughs> real, real on point period dialogue. <laughs> that was awesome. It was um, funny, but it was completely inappropriate for the scene. I was like, what the fuck? Um, so I, I'm, I'm seeing this trivia and maybe there's hope for Napoleon yet. Um, so Stanley Kubrick, Steven Spielberg, and Ridley Scott walk into a bar. Um, Stanley Kubrick says, I have a script that I've studied for years on about Napoleon and I have a hard on for it. Um, but it, it will never get made. Um, so read it, guys. Take it as I die, you know, and, and make your own shit. Ridley Scott says, I find this underwhelming. Uh, Steven Spielberg says, okay, you got to stand. Let's make this. Um, and he is he is developing it uh, since 2013. Oh, my God. That makes so much fucking sense. And it's turning it into like a, a long, like a, I don't know if it's a miniseries is the right term for it because if it's still in development it seems like it's pretty big but there's a bunch of research and it's based off of Stanley Kubrick's script um, apparently when it was in development originally Jack Nicholson and Audrey Hepburn were eyed to play I did, Napoleon I did see him. that in the uh, the scrolling thing but you know who wrote this Waterloo movie made it canceled. the writer of this movie is David Scarpa um, he's written like four movies one of which is the 2008 remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still, which to this day I consider to be one of the five worst movies I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of shit, so let that color some perspective on there. Oh, that was the remake? I thought that was the original. <laughs> I, just, I just assumed that was the original. That's why I liked it so much. I was like, I get it. <laughs> I, I get why you guys like this. Um, yeah, his other, his other illustrious... Movie credits, writing credits include The Last Castle and All the Money in the World. Is The Last Castle about like the last Punisher? The Last Castle the of, uh, is Castle. a Robert Redford movie, star- also starring James Gandolfini and Mark Ruffalo. Um, it is about oh, a court martial general that rallies together 1,200 inmates to rise against a corrupt and sadistic warden. Um, that is a movie that is like I, I've never seen it. I've heard about it. I think it's like just okay. And then all the money in the world is that movie that I think is most famous for uh, completely recasting a character. Yeah, they because uh, like Kevin Spacey, I think, was the uh, original guy. But then his allegations came out, and they completely like edited in Christopher Plummer. <laughs> <laughs> as the replacement for that character, which I didn't realize was also a Ridley Scott directed movie, but that makes a lot of sense because Ridley Scott has directed like five good movies in his entire career. <laughs> and that's counting Black Hawk Down. <laughs> um, IMDb uh, got us started on some of the factual errors. I'm sure there's a lot more, but um, aside from everything that was left out about Napoleon's life, here's some of the factual errors. The Napoleon campaign in Egypt. Uh, he did not yeah. fire on the pyramids. Yeah. Uh, they were not touched. Napoleon liked the pyramids. He was an admirer. Um, after being uh, defeated at the Battle of Waterloo, Napoleon surrendered to the British on board HMS Billiforn. While they're receiving many guests, he never met the Duke of Wellington face-to-face in real life. 
Uh, a scene showed four men moving a six-foot cannon barrel as if they were moving a picnic basket. That barrel weighed over 800 pounds. <laughs> That's artillery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you fucking idiot. I should have known. Uh, I mean, I should have guesstimated that when, like, we are materials people. We should have guesstimated that the solid <laughs> wrought iron yeah. <laughs> barrel. No, I, I should have re- I didn't realize it's fucking cast iron. Um, dur- <laughs> That's funny. Napoleon never met uh, the Duke of Wellington personally, depicting the film. Um, during the Battle of Waterloo scene, the Prussians arrive at Wellington's right. They actually arrived to his left. Well, that's, that's a minor gripe. That's a, that's a nitpick. I should have read these over. Um, apparently, um, Ridley Scott has a four-hour director's cut of this movie. That's coming to oh Apple TV Plus. How many more? How Could many you more imagine does that have? another in an hour and a half of this shit? I'll watch it. The one I'll thing I will, I will I... applaud Ridley Scott for is his taste in when he has the like when Napoleon has the like the political wife and bears the the kid with her. Um, they don't show the scene of him having sex with a minor. Thank you, Ridley Scott. I appreciate your restraint. Yeah. You, you... Well, hold on. You haven't seen the director's cut. You don't know if that's in there or not. (laughs) That might have been a studio uh, suggestion. Clapping little Russian cheeks. (laughs) Oh, lordy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um... Not, the rest of them are not not as not yeah. as great, but you know we still have uh, missing an entire campaign of a of a national or global conquest war. Yeah, yeah, they were like at forty nine. Phoenix is too old for the part. Napoleon is twenty four and at at Toulon and twenty seven when he commanded the army of uh, when he commanded the army of Italy and thirty five when he crowned himself as emperor. So yeah, a bit too old. Mm-hmm. He just like seems like none of the actors in the prominent roles are bad, but they're just not given material to make an impact with. The actors chosen and the product, like the production of the movie, was good. Like the sets, you can tell they spent a lot of money. Yes, put together. The artistic choices on top of that production. Are where it starts to fall apart. I yeah, the the goofs are pretty funny. Like um, the Marie Antoinette was executed at at Palais de la Concorde, not at Le Palais de Tuileries, and Napoleon wasn't there to see the execution. That's uh, that that's a classic historical movie where like, all right, we'll just put him here so that like. We can put these two objects and co- these two people in context with each other. A Belgian yeah. flag um, is seen in one of the battle squares. Uh, Belgium did not become a country until 1830, 15 years after Napoleon's defeat yeah. at Waterloo. Uh-huh. Um, a British marksman at the Battle of Waterloo is seen using a scoped rifle. Uh, scopes <laughs> pretty much didn't exist back then, and they were pretty <laughs> useless because we hadn't developed good enough optics yet. Really, um, that that is genuinely interesting to me. That like a spyglass on top of a rifle would not be effective. Well, the range a, of the rifle wouldn't warrant a scope anyway. Like right. they had barely figured out rifling by the time yeah. this this movie was happening. I do like the original. Uh, side note: I do like the original thing for a sniper, which was like 
you're just a good you're a dude who can shoot really shoot really tiny targets with your rifle you can hit a snipe with your with your rifle i don't know it's just a fun little thing uh when napoleon asks emperor france if he can marry his younger sister he's told she is only 13 at the time the scene is set the age of consent in france was 11 Oh, okay. I see no problem. <laughs> Which is horrifying to think about. Yeah. At least they had an age of consent. That's um. Yeah, that's weird that that would be like a documented law yeah. at that point yeah. in time. I I will say I, I had no trouble believing that taking a cho- taking a bride that young would have been fine in that time period. Yeah, like that. As gross as it is, and make no mistake, it is fucking gross. Um. It was not uncommon at the time. And you if have it was a figure... political wedding, like he could have married like a five year old. And... Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you think that um do you think that they changed the laws based on like whenever girls just started having their periods earlier and they were like, oh shit, you you can do this. It, it, Fuck, get the laws. Maybe change the laws. <laughs> we're getting them younger, boys. I don't, I don't know how much thought was put into it and what kind of thought was put into it. Well, I mean, because was... that, that was like the original, like how you would know you're ready for like marriage is when you can bear kids, technically, and that was your first. Yeah. First Whatever old crusty fucks thing. decided the how young they wanted to bang them. That's about that's about how this always goes. Which I never, I never understood, like. Why? Why so young? Like, what? Because you're not a sex monster, Kurt. What do you? What do you get out of that? What do you get? That's the point. You're not supposed to understand it. You're you're a sane and rational human. I guess. I just like. Why? Why would you want that? <laughs> what advantage is Be careful, there? Careful! You're treading into a. You're treading into a ice. Is it ice cube or no ice tea? Which of the which of the ice? On uh, SVU. That's oh. Ice-T. Ice-T being like, um, you're telling me, you're telling me this sick monster wants to have sex with a, with a kid? Are you kidding? Well, like, my, my girlfriend <laughs> watches a lot of co- cult surprised. documentaries, right? And, like, every time with a cult, like, they start fucking kids and they get, they get, they take younger and younger kids. Like, it starts, they're, like, 18, and then, like, by the time things get in full swing, they're, like, fucking 13-year-olds. I'm like, why why do you keep going younger? Like, what? (laughs) Because that's how you get get their their youth. That's how you live forever. Like, they're not developed. Like, they don't even have any of the characteristics that most men would find attractive in a woman. Because then, then like you'd have to. The only other way is like you have to get their adrenochrome, and then you have to kill them. And it's like that's. Well, then that that's not. You can't there were no that, pizza. So there were no pizza work. parlors. We'll just Napoleon sexually abuse them and fucking ruin their lives. That's much, much better than than a swift. Well, back then they didn't care. They don't have consciences. Back that's then. that's very too bad true. they didn't. They had luck you. Luck you. Luck you enough. And no. <laughs> oh boy. Well. Yeah, oh that's, lord. I mean, that's that's all I have to say about. Yeah. That. Um. If um, you want a better representation of uh, French culture, watch uh, Bon Cop, Bad Cop. <laughs> 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 that's that's perfect. Um. Yeah. This movie. I to sum it up in a phrase. 
I feel like I knew less about Napoleon walking out of the movie <laughs> yeah. than I did walking in. And that's that's merited based on what we've discussed in this. Yeah. Um, um, it is Napoleon misinformation and borderline slander. It's a hard sell at two hours and 40 minutes. I think it's going to be a harder sell at four hours for the director's cut. Unless, unless you are like a soup. Well, actually, no, if you're not, if you're a super Francophile, you're going to hate this movie. Uh, but if you, if you hate Napoleon for some reason, you have strong opinions about a, uh, 19th century French dictator. Um, (laughs) And you want to see a yeah. movie that just dunks on him for two hours and 40 minutes? I guess you can watch it. Yeah. I would like, recommend I it. <laughs> if you're one of those people, like, I know there's the wave of, like, we're trying to move away from great man history, but, like, he still was a huge figure. In yeah. History, like, his influence is things. undeniable. And, he, like, he, he led his country to do all these things. He achieved a lot more than, like, 99.99% of people who have ever lived have achieved. Um, so, like, you don't have to hold them up on a pedestal, but put a little respect right. on the name. Exactly. Um, we'll see. I, I want to see how the alpha male bros. How does Andrew Tate feel about this movie? Uh, probably bad because it's uh probably hates it because Napoleon's like sidelined and is a total simp That's bitch and does not embody the Sigma grind set. It's probably true. Uh, um, how'd I do? <laughs> strong. I oh god, Andrew Tate tweets are still hilarious to read. He's like, I have. I saw one today. He's like, I forged my right hand into a dragon's yeah, yeah, I saw my the left exact hand into one. a tiger paw. My heart <laughs> remains pure. I'm like, what the fuck are you? Well, no th- did you see like the the one with the subtweet under with it? Yes. Like, I jerk my dick with my right hand. I figure my asshole with, <laughs> with the left, and my cum shots go through the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about me now? <laughs> I saw that too, one too. All right, that's that's Napoleon. Um, we've that's Napoleon in a nutshell. Uh, jerking yourself off. You're right. Actually, no, that would be a much more pleasurable experience. That's what Napoleon yeah. does for most of this movie. Um, so if you really if you want to see Joaquin Phoenix uh, act like a sex gremlin for for two hours, uh, Napoleon's got you covered. Uh, yeah. If you if you want to watch a good movie about a historical figure. Uh, this is not 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 it, Chief. Yeah, go if, go watch if you want if you want a history movie. I guess go watch like Lincoln instead. Yeah, Daniel that's, that's a pretty good pick. Slips right into that role. Yeah, um, there are other like good European history ones. If you're like on the more musical side of it, Amadeus is a pretty good uh, movie. Um, like all quiet on the Western Front, even though it's a no- it's a novel adaptation, but. Still a good European history. Yeah, there's there's plenty to choose from, even from this era, that are are much uh, better, at, that work better as historical pieces. And like a lot of like period piece movies are set in this kind of time frame. So like, and the the Crown on Netflix and all that sort of shit. DVD on, box of the DVD. Crown. <laughs> you can get it on DVD. It is available. <laughs> um, yeah. 
stuff like that. So, All right. Do, yeah, let's... don't spend two and a half hours of your night watching this movie. Yeah, let's 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 wrap up here and uh we'll be back next week with I think Dream Scenario or I want to do, I, I Godzilla want to minus up. one, one of those two, and then the other will be the following week. And then it'll be your end award show. And uh then I think Maybe the first week of '90s winter, or maybe e- maybe episode we'll 400 in. falls in there. No, episode 400 would be in the middle of January. All right, well, we'll have to figure it out. <laughs> there'll be yeah. some there'll be some figuring to do, but you will get your regular allotment of '90s themed reviews. Yeah, <laughs> that much I will promise yeah, you. We actually have, and we have kind of the layup set up, but we'll talk more about that next week. Yeah. All right. Uh, until then, be well, stay safe, and probably like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.